Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Crane. I'm chatting with director Gavin Fitzgerald about his documentary Million Dollar Pigeons. So Million Dollar Pigeons. Oh my God, they're fabulous. <laughs> I didn't know they existed until I saw your documentary. Did it change your opinion of, of pigeons? Oh yeah, we've, I have a local pigeon club at the corner of my road. And I was always very, sus- like at the very beginning, you don't know what it is. It's, 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 a, it's a load of, it's a load of hell fellas mostly coming mm. in with vans and then taking boxes out of the back of it. And it's mysterious. And then someone tells you it's a pigeon club. And then you're like, oh, wow, they exist. But actually now, like I've, I've, you know, you hear of a few people that have have pigeons and this is a it's a wonderful film. Um, And it's not by any means like a small local film. It's like a, a global industry and you've captured it so well across all levels. So what drew you to pigeons? Thank you. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, the, I, I suppose what drew me was probably just the the characters even that like the first time I went to a pigeon club just the the atmosphere um a lot of those guys they're like and it tends to be men you know and, and older men as you said um you know it's it's their outlet it's their everything um it's their they'd like it to be their vocation it's their it's their hobby it's it's their Friday night you know a lot of them actually you know might have escaped uh things like you know not going to the pub it's it's, it's a way of getting away from that um uh, so a group of men they'll, they'll come together bring their pigeons down and they just kind of rip it out of each other um, they uh, they slag each other they have arguments over 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 this and that and and who won this race and that race and who owes who a fiver and yeah I just thought I I just thought there was a it was a really great story in that but as you said the film is international so in order to kind of give it a, a more in order for the film to to, to go wider um I heard about this race in South Africa called the South African million dollar pigeon race. And that was, uh, that was kind of the, the aha moment. It was like, okay, that's, <laughs> that's the kind of glue of this narrative is, is this, <laughs> this international sort of pigeon Olympics. And I don't want to comment because there's twists and there's turns that you <laughs> would not expect <laughs> to be like, you know, you kind of think, oh, this is a, you know, like an underdog story or, you know, unlikely characters and, and you just capture the process. But there's there's a lot of drama in this world. Yeah, there's I mean, there's never a dull moment uh, with, with pigeon fanciers because it, it, it means everything to them. So, you know. And and small details, they they can win you or lose your race, and um, but yeah, the the particular year we captured it, there was it was dramatic. Um, you know the probably the the pandemic, which caused us a lot of uh, production problems and Venom Films as well. Um, uh, was was a factor, but but there was just uh. Yeah, a lot went wrong, and and it's adversity, and and that kind of adversity is is something you welcome in 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 filmmaking. Even if at the time there was times where you're thinking, how how am I gonna actually make this now? Um, but yeah, we managed to to persevere, and I think probably the the film um, you know, uh, ultimately benefits from that. You get the kind of heart of the the human element of the story and what it means to somebody on a personal level and a very local scale, but then you do capture like the madness that is the industry and the competitive nature there and what's on the line and um but but back to back to basics how did you like how did you know pigeons were the way to go for this film because it's a very different subject matter from your previous work 
Uh, yeah, no, I, I wanted to do something different, definitely. Um, and I always like kind of, you know, um, offbeat topics and weird worlds and and that kind of thing. Um, so I felt at home with with, with pigeons. Uh, I also really like animals, actually. And 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 there was a lot I didn't know about the pigeon. And when I kind of found out more about it and started to look at it differently, I thought that was interesting. And um, so you know, it's it's definitely a topic I'm. I'm interested in is 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 um the interaction between animals and humans and you know pigeons were the first ever domesticated bird um so they have this you know centuries of of uh you know long relationship with humans I mean that, that's why they're so calm when you see them on the street and they kind of just bobble out of the way because they're they're so used to being around humans and they they inhabit every city around the world um they seem ubiquitous ubiquitous to most but pigeon fans here is that they look at a pigeon and they, they see so much more than we see. And, I, and I've looked at a lot of pigeons now and I still, I can't figure it out, but they look at a pigeon, they, they look in the eye, the, the vitality of the eye, they look at the wings, they, yeah, they really, <laughs> they really gawk at them and they feel their muscle and their bellies and their beaks and they, and they all have this kind of thing they're looking for, which they like. So yeah, it is a weird niche scene. And, um, and also, I think it's quite, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting thing to to film. Um, it's difficult because, you know, filming a pigeon on the ground is easy. Once they're up in the sky, it's, you know, they're free, really. Um, and so it, it, it was kind of had to come up with some creative solutions for um, filming that the racing aspect. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I just, uh, I just kind of, uh, it just changed my perception of, of, of an animal so that's probably why I, I I was drawn to the subject and tell me a little bit about what was your way in like who kind of brought you into that world it does seem to be like you know like you'd have your little cliques in it as well like one of the very interesting things was the competitiveness that was like the one of your subjects was kicked out of the pigeon fanciers club for being too good uh yeah <laughs> um um I mean, there's 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 just so many characters in that world. Um, so like that was probably the the biggest. The thing took the longest time was to find the right balance to to the casting. Um, so um, you know, Venom Films were, were great at that. Just just going through the process. Um, Catherine McGrath was a researcher on the project as well. Really helped finding uh, those. You know, and and these guys they're not like they don't have websites generally, or they or if they do, they're from the nineteen. 19- 1980s um so it's all about phone calls and and funnily enough like uh house phones you know so i was ringing ringing house phones talking to pigeon fans here trying to find the best stories the best characters um and there's quite a few it's quite a collection but i feel like it it reflects what's going on in the in the pigeon industry um and uh you know it, we we do move from thailand to belgium to Ireland to the UK you know it's it's quite to South Africa it's quite a quite a collection of um of countries but but they're all kind of in some ways chasing the same thing which is like to establish themselves as you know either the best so and so in in pigeon racing um so yeah we, we it, it was there's definitely an eclectic <laughs> bunch of characters in, in the film I think what you do very interesting as as well is balance the narrative. So you have just like a kind of Dublin lad, 
kind of describing what means to him, how important this is in his life, how he enjoys it, how it integrates with his world. So you, we kind of are very much so drawn into the world through that way. And then we get a, mm-hmm. an overview of, of all of society. But how did you find each of those people was like, again, it's kind of almost like a spider's web of um of of mm-hmm. narratives where they're you know they're kind of like they're all adjacent and and touching in, in this very light way how do you as a documentary maker decide who's going to be the best person to talk to um yeah it's a good question because uh, that, that's what i was saying probably took the longest time to figure out and we, we really did talk to a lot of people um so you're kind of getting the board out and you're putting them down and, and even though you might have 20 good characters maybe only, you know, five or six seem to link in, in different ways. So you're thinking that before you even, you know, before you go to shoot it, before you go to to the editing room. Um, you know, I suppose like the 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 race was was something that like we tried to get everyone who was going to be involved in this um high stakes million dollar pigeon race. But then uh things changed in the narrative and we had to kind of adapt and 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 that was um that was kind of unforeseen, but 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 it felt natural in the end, and and um yeah, we ended up featuring, uh, you know, characters from Thailand who who were really different and interesting, and I actually had to film that whole section um remotely, so I wasn't there myself. I didn't get to go to Thailand, which is <laughs> which is strange when you think about it, but um you know at the time we couldn't travel anywhere, and and um our film was halfway through production, and we we needed to keep going, so. So yeah, we um, you know, I'd have a local crew there, and just like this, I'd be doing interviews on Zoom, and the camera would be there. It it ultimately translates the same. Obviously, you're, I can't be there the whole time, and there's calls and there's communication at all hours in the morning. But um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of a stressful way to make a film, but but um, but we kind of man- managed to managed to pull it off. <laughs> um, something of this scale as well, like it's so big. How do you? fund it like if you just go pigeons <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah no like, like it probably started its journey um in terms of its funding was was when we were in um meat market in sheffield which is a really really good um sort of film market where you, you're, you're you're you get you get kind of it's like speed dating with um all your various um potential funders and sales agents and that kind of thing and and it was there that we actually uh, we had a meeting um with dog wolf who, who who came on as as a sales agent and they're, they're like a really great um documentary name you see them everywhere now so I, I suppose they they just kind of saw maybe the uh i don't know the the, the commercial uh viability of the project um you know that they liked the the quirky subject matter so so that they came on as as a partner which which was great for us to re- just to get us on the right foot going forward and that's a proven track record off the back of your last huge <laughs> project <laughs> yeah no i mean like I, I you know yeah i guess i've made a couple of films um as well uh which which helps us as a director and then you know working with venom films they're like have a wealth of experience so they kind of trust you um but yeah, no, as I suppose also like you go to these markets and I'm not saying that like, you know, I think it's great that there's um all sorts of docs, but there there can be a lot of heavy subject matter. And if, if you're going around as a funder and you're hearing you're hearing, you know, this story and that story and you're like, 
oh well, here's one of my pigeons thank god you know so it's it's nice to have the light with the with the uh, lighter subject matter now that being said you know there's uh there's serious themes in the film and all that kind of thing but um but yeah you know it, it is i think i saw it on the dog wolf website now as a comedy <laughs> and i was kind of chuffed at that because like it, it is it is uh tricky to make people laugh in a documentary so I wanted to get as, as many laughs as possible because um, I was laughing, you know, while, while making this. Um, I just just find the world hilarious. Just actually going back to that marketplace, because, um, do you know, like if you were saying it's speed dating, do you had, had you met with that production company before? Had you spent time with them? Like, like, did they just go, I loved your last project and I had seen it. And just based off this meeting and the documents that you have in front of us, we're like, we're kind of tentatively in. Let's meet again. Or is it more of a organic process? Um, yeah, that's basically it. I mean, I, I guess they look that they, they have a booklet and they see and they they pick the ones they pick the meetings or uh, pitches that they want to hear. But you only have like five ten minutes, so um, it's it's very much a kind of oh, this is us. We're introducing ourselves and uh, we know who you are and uh, here's our here's our concept and you know uh you know ones where they walk away and you have a good feeling and ones where you think there's no chance and, and we had a good feeling but but you know it probably it probably did, it didn't happen like next week it would have happened you know um a couple of months later or something like that where uh you know there was there was communication going forward and and, and yeah i think a, a lot of people um have success at those markets so they're and they're also a really good tool just to um just to pitch your project and and saying it out loud you know makes you question everything you, you get asked things that um you don't expect you get told things you don't expect i was told that you know some film like that had been made before um things like that and um see it's like learning data and uh, everything kind of people would ask about a project and so it's a, so it's a really good really good learning process to do uh do those uh markets and would would you have always done markets or would that would it just be like this is part of pitching projects and doing things of that scale or is it is it something relatively new like with your last mm. with your last pieces did you just kind of rock in go find a producer you know go into screen ireland look for funding like what is the process normally yeah well i mean like with this kind of celebrity uh, film world that the celebrity bio and that kind of thing it, it operates in a different different model um you know it's just commercial in, in the sense that like if you have a, a big name they know there's a guaranteed market so you don't have to go pitching it so much they do, no this does happen as well you know you're, you you do pitch to people but they but the funds can come a lot quicker um a lot easier to finance this thing you know took there's a lot of cogs in the wheel money from europe and uh screen ireland and 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 all sorts so it it just takes a lot longer and it's the hard route but something like um like the conor regger one was funded by by universal and that was just one one person and you know it comes with there's the check and here's the deadline you know so it's a little bit a little bit mental um i i this this route is is I, i have a fair working in but it is harder in the sense that like you you this thing took me four years to to make as a result so that that's tough as a filmmaker you're kind of you know working um for a long period of time and something and not necessarily getting paid so yeah but everybody like uh 
everybody has the same story when they kind of get a film to a film festival or whatever and they're like oh you're only working on four years I was working on seven years <laughs> all these kind of stories uh I'd like to meet somewhere in the middle like you know to have uh not just a here's your film due in nine months or four somewhere in the middle is is, is the balancing act which I'm going for definitely and I suppose with documentaries as well you're like where do you have the story like so when you were shooting this and you were saying it took quite a while and there was a lot of different threads that took place over quite a yeah. large amount of time as well you can you can see it like so much has changed in everyone's lives um and quite dramatically <laughs> <laughs> uh so you were like this process do you kind of know halfway through well I hope the story pans out this way I mean Again, yeah. there's some things you couldn't even have ever planned for. But mm. do you go, OK, well, I hope this story sort of pans out this way. And then if we get this, I'll finish filming. Or do you just go, we're going to keep filming until I get an end? Or do you edit as you go and you go, OK, well, this would be the ideal thing, but it would be nice to get that. Like, how do you sort of structure? Because it's a, it's a very structured piece. And again, mm. there's a lot of threads woven through it very well. I'm just I'm just curious. Yeah. Like it's it's very yeah no I, well like I, I mean shout out to Andrew Hearn the editor as well who's like editors don't get enough credit in documentaries often and um we spent a lot of time you know moving things around and trying different oh every every kind of um the yeah we just had a board out and just 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 trying all the different um variations of how you might play out storylines and and it changed it just each cook kind of we felt. Well, some went backwards, but it kind of got stronger and the, the, there was a balance. But yeah, like you definitely, um, you need to have a plan. Um, you have an idea where the story could go. And and the arc, you know, it's weird. An arc just kind of develops, I find, with, with over time with someone. You know, you go in with an idea, but something will happen and you'll know when it's there and you'll know when, you'll know, there's, there's a sudden day you get to in documentary filming and you just know it's, you know, it's your last day with them. And it's like, I feel like it's almost like your character and yourself arrive at that conclusion. You know, you, you just both know there's just a vibe. Um, you could be like, you know, you could be literally saying so, signing off kind of questions and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think like some characters you spend a lot of time with in this film, uh, some of them were, were done in a very short period of time. And we would have used, uh, you know, every frame nearly, you know, um so it's a it's a you know I'd, I'd warn filmmakers going into perspective filmmakers going into like a, a observational documentary trying to follow a story because where does the story end like where do you draw the line in the sand um it it, it tends to drag uh, i think is the is what i hear from other people doing it as well it does tend to go on further than you think um but you know it's a beautiful process as well and and I like seeing like like you can see uh, John the main character you mentioned you can see his kids getting older <laughs> in the film I, I I like seeing stuff like that I think like ultimately being a documentary maker it's like capturing time as well so you know you do get an element of that uh, unfolding and it's it's a total like uh, moment in this film but he's so passionate about his dough. When he's making dough, like he's a man and his life has kind of, you know, gone through all these changes. And he just, you see that child like excitement in him and you're like, oh, that's what he's like about the pigeons as well. Like it must have been yeah. very difficult. Uh, but like it's 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 a beautiful moment to capture. 
yeah john john does everything 100 percent, and you know everything he's doing I, I have other friends like this as well where it's like you know they they change their direction it might even be an adhd thing where like you you really really get invested into something and then you kind of um the next week it's 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 maybe something else um but yeah the passion he has for dough is 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 really uh amazing and he's still making dough he loves it i think like i think um what i learned about john as well is like there's and a lot of people who are quite wired like him energy wise you know they need to be stimulated they they need something that like they need to be doing and, and pigeons are something you can do all day long because it's just there's just non-stop work to do with them you you have to get them right you know it's just it's like this uh these dog cruffs shows you see or you know like you can be you can be stroking them you can you can be cleaning them the lofts you can be feeding them the right diets you can be giving them oh there's just it's just flying them letting them back in and before you know it it's it's time for dinner um the same goes for pizza you know you can you can keep making dough it's you get into a flow state so yeah um i think i think that that flow state is uh helps him um i don't know just relax <laughs> hyper focus as well <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah no so it's so like you had chatted to a bunch of different guys maybe in like his club yeah it takes a while i think to win the trust of people and i think you know like men of a certain age aren't they're natural sort of storytellers in abstract ways but they wouldn't necessarily be the most like naturally emotionally honest do you know like it's not sort of bred into them from like men of a certain era like i mean he's he's definitely in the younger side of the the people that are there but like how do you kind of coax that emotional honesty out of people like that um you know it's funny one I, I think that um yeah like probably there were some some um sets of characters or or worlds that were harder to access than than others in in pigeon racing in, in fact the kind of old man scene in Tundalk and these these like you know they look really tough on the outside um they're hard they're hard you know working class men with uh um there's a reason probably there's 40 men in the club and no women you know it's just a, they're they're tough lads like um but they're actually they're soft on the inside i think uh all of them were all were all really really nice uh you know a couple of them were shy or whatever but they, they were more than more than happy to speak to me so it really it really wasn't much work um i think they just want to get the sport out there but when, when with some of the like the higher end the the, the big dogs in the, in the industry the, the people who are worth a lot of money you know they're harder to to kind of convince to be in a documentary and harder to they did just to be more controlling you know um I, th I think i find that across the board when i work with with characters that people who kind of have it all are um can be a little harder to get on screen um and you know for good reason like i, I don't want to be the subject of a documentary i don't know um but i think there's a real openness to um uh to to those niche communities and and um so i i really feel at home in those worlds that like whether i'm filming like boxing at the moment and stuff like that and i just think just think i'm really fascinated by martial arts as well and i, I always find uh those characters really open and, and easy to to talk to about about things um so yeah that, that that's just an observation of, that i've kind of found through working with different types of people
But that's probably a testament to you as well is building that rapport and being there with them on the ground and, you know, kind of like giving them an energy that they can kind of bounce off as well. Uh, yeah, no, like I definitely, um, you kind of become, you, you know, you're in communication with these these people and, and you know, like even John, like we now call a friend, like, um, uh, but like in the process, I don't want to be friends. I want, I want to keep that that professional barrier but like I, I you do you, I do um you know we, we do talk a lot off camera and everything you spend a lot of time with people and 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 you learn um you learn their ways and and kind of begin to understand them and and uh yeah so 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 I think that's that's probably the answer is just just time um you know you can't just rock in somewhere in a day spend a lot of time going there without a camera just just a microphone and uh, so yeah it's just a it's just a kind of lengthy process so it's it's also very stylish the way that you've put everything together the the mood of it and um, what was the what was the kind of mood book or your inspiration there and, and how do you kind of make sure everyone's on the same page when it comes to creating that aesthetic yeah um no thanks it's a it, it's a a tricky one especially when you like we set out with making it with you know one cinematographer maybe um and narian did shoot a lot of it and it was great she was a, who's a really cinematic guy and you know we came up with a lot of ideas at the start together um but you know the, the with the pandemic we had to shoot with so many different crews in different countries so it's like how do we how do we kind of get them to tie into the style and, and everything like that um so yeah, you, you definitely need those mood boards. You need you need probably some sample scenes and that kind of thing, you know, interview framing, um, ideas and everything. Uh, but at the same time, like I I, I like to, you, you you can for something like this, I think you can you have a bunch of ideas, but when you get to a certain location, you just have to make it work as well. So um, it, always be adaptable. There's there's all sorts of references kind of in the in the visual style, like from war films was, was a big one for me and I, I it probably someone a couple of people mentioned i was like great it came through a little bit but um just just uh, pigeons were, were were raced uh saved thousands of lives hundreds of thousands of lives in wartime and i was looking at war movies and the way they frame things and i i, I kind of use a lot of low angles as a result and it connects the sky it's um it kind of gives people this stature and um so that the, the, there's kind of you know subtle references to to war movies and even in the music as well um but yeah the uh, that and just um um yeah just working with really good really good dops and and um keeping a good energy to the whole the whole piece sorry so you said you had a bunch of you you had a bunch of different threads and it, it took many different forms before but like when it comes to editing do you edit in one block do you mentally yeah. edit as you go along or just take note as you go along? Do you sit yeah. in, do you let the editor work separately? Yeah, I, t I tend to, um, like I watch, I watch all the footage myself, um, you know, whether either like after the shoot, depending how we're going, but I, I watch like every frame that, that we shoot and then all the editing did happen and, uh, you know, no breaks, uh, except for maybe a week or two. Uh, so it was a you know a good few weeks, uh, a good few months in in the edit room, um, with with Andrew, the editor, um, and 
yeah, we, I mean, really just lost our minds and kind of got engrossed in it. Um, I was there a lot, like, you know, not every day, but like, I like to be in the editing room. Um, I'm doing some edits at the moment remotely and it's, it's different. It, it definitely gives my eyes break and, and more energy Um, sometimes, which, which I'm liking, but um, you know, just, just being in the, being in the room, even if like Andrew's doing a lot of the, the work and heavy lifting, my, my head's still in the game and I'm, I'm trying to come up with solutions to problems, which, which kind of consistently present themselves. But yeah, it was, it, it was definitely um, it's, it is, it was a learning process in terms of like, first film I made having so many different characters and I was thinking will it work how do I kind of uh, gel them together um but um there's kind of I think that's you know you can write it on paper but but until you kind of edit it and try it and watch it and the the frustrating thing about making feature films is like it takes an hour and a half or your cuts might be longer two hours or three hours to watch um and that's half a day gone so you know every every time you go and go watch the thing you know you have to make a load of changes and so it's just consistent um it's a it's a lot of work but um yeah <laughs> once, once you get out of the editor room for for a few weeks and you get to watch it in a in a cinema it's it kind of pays off and how do you know when it's how do you know like when you're like okay this is this is the best we will get it <laughs> this is unless yeah. we go out and shoot a whole other thread this is it do you just know in your soul do you just go like what's how do you know you've kind of perfected it uh just when the money runs out <laughs> that's true like you could just keep going forever um i think it's so weird you're always like you know there's never a a relaxed week in the edit room it's it's just it's just like there's just so much work um to do always there's so much footage there's so much things to go through and things to find and you're always just up against it a little, a little bit um so you've been given deadlines you know and, and that is literally kind of saying you know we budgeted for this amount there is this like where contingency which comes into play and suddenly there's you know more time or whatever um but i don't know it it it, it you just kind of get it to a stage where you're happy with it you're probably completely lost your mind and then the producers who who have um and you know that that ability to have a step back from it and, and watch it um and for them to be happy as well so it is collaborative in, in that way it's not just um I, I don't just say i'm happy and done um it's it's kind of like a team thing and how do you sort of share the material then with the subject matter do you go oh maybe that might be a bit close to home or like, do you kind of interact with the, the, like say the likes of John and stuff afterwards and go, are, are you happy with this? Or do you like to kind of keep it a little bit distant so that you keep your distance from the sub? Like how, how does that work as well? Because it, um, like, it's, it's personal. Like it's, it's a beautiful yeah. arc in his life. Yeah. Well, um, like there's too many people in this film for me to, kind of show it to each oh, of them yeah. and then go no I want this it would just be you'd never you'd never finish so you know it was just like they they, they just kind of had to trust me um and you know John is uh, just he's a very open guy um you know he said put it all on camera you know um even the personal aspects of his life and so I wasn't really worried about about showing it to him um yeah, there's others who haven't seen it yet, you know, still because it still hasn't made it to certain countries. And I'd love to know how they kind of perceive it. But uh, 
you know, in the pigeon industry, it's just like, send me a DVD. And it's like, okay, firstly, I, I don't even have it blank discs anymore. Uh, you know? Um, so yeah, I, we're, the, the concept or the, we're trying to get them all into, into various film festivals to go see the thing. But, um, and a few of them have, and, and they've all responded very, very positively, thankfully. Um, some of them might be a little let down by like how much they're in it or not in it and this kind of thing. And and I, I feel for you because it's like, you know, you, you, you film for three days and you only put in, you know, a little bit and, and that happens. Uh, but, you know, you just have to kind of make the, can't keep everyone happy. <laughs> you make this, the, the sports, the the hobby, the sports look yeah, very both, cool. <laughs> yeah, Like, I mean, there's like a jet setting, multi-million dollar um kind of like complex thing like i mean you really get the scale like when you go to thailand and you see like the the huge compound and the energy and the the mm. the work that goes into everything like and, and and again like the different structures like the fact that over there it's women are thought to care better for the pigeons it's fascinating like that different yeah. cultural relationship with yeah that was a chance meeting actually where, where we were filming in um a pigeon expo in holland and we 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 saw the thailand uh um crew who were who were advertising their race and and i you know through a translator i was talking to them and they were telling me that they had all women in the loft and it just it's it stuck with me because it's just so many men and in in pigeon racing and it's just doing something different and then they're they're owned um this race the uh, patea international pigeon race they're owned by like one of the richest men in Thailand as well. Uh, so yeah, it's weird. Like the, it's, it's, uh, again, it's so weird. I haven't been there, but I know the place so well. And it's, um, yeah, it really is like a, like a temple or a palace for, for pigeons, um, top of the range stuff. And, and, and there's ones in China, which are even more, um, fascinating or kind of, uh, yeah high end but but those ones are really we really found it difficult to access um anything in china we managed to film an auction which was which 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 featured and um but we had a lot of a lot of difficulty with chinese characters because i think it's it's quite a shady world and um you know gambling is illegal there's a lot of gambling going on and and there's perhaps been some things made in the past which they weren't happy about so but yeah, it's, it's a, it's the, the industry is mad, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, there's a lot going on in it. <laughs> as, as you, as you covered, like probably a fraction of it. So, so dramatic. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you given more time would have liked to have covered or are you like, no, no, I'm happy with that now. That's my, that's my coverage of the pigeon world done forever. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, Probably I'll, I'll I'll give the the topic itself a break for now as I move on to other topics. But um, yeah, no, you you're there's always you know there's we we lost a few characters along the way um, you know for various reasons um, probably yeah like I I would have liked to maybe gone into the animal rights kind of aspect a little bit more um, but uh, really it was just like filming in South Africa got so hard with with coronavirus um so the, the, there's little storylines which kind of yeah I would have liked to um pursue more um and as I say there's a, there's a character or two I, lo- I lost but I, I but as the as the film goes out and you know they won't know and I think um 
course you always have like little little mini micro regrets but ultimately <laughs> i think we're we're lucky that uh the the people that we found and and how it worked out so what you're saying is there's plenty of material there for this netflix series when that gets picked up <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah god i mean i remember someone telling me that they're like uh oh you need to make a series out of this and i was like oh god i'm gonna be in pigeons <laughs> forever um yeah i mean look uh if netflix are listening you know let's let's talk but uh I don't know. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we can get this onto onto some streaming platform as well. But it's it's going to be playing across many television stations across the world, um, including like Japan and, uh, you know, uh, Europe and and all sorts of places. So it's in good hands and it's it's getting out there. And have the hobbyists enjoyed it? What's their um, so far? You wouldn't know. I, I, I'm gonna a few few of the Kondokan guys are coming to the screening on Friday in the lighthouse. Um. Yeah, they, you know, it's they're so engrossed in their own world that like like one 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 pigeon fans there, I invited him to one of the screenings. Uh he didn't feature in the film, but like I just met him along the way and, and I said, Oh, would you like to come? I'm trying to get pigeon fanciers in the vault. Um and uh, you know, just before the screening he met me and he said, uh, so is is my so and so club in it? And I was like, uh no, 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 we uh, you you're not in the film, it's just inviting. He's like, Well, why am I here then? <laughs> so uh, he just wanted to see his uh his pigeon club on on screen and it never happened so he was naturally disappointed um but yeah um so some of them though those are pigeon fanciers who really who did really enjoy it and they they were giving really great feedback um which i was happy about because it's very hard to keep them all happy that's it, but, it's, but it's like that when someone's so into something, you're like, I can never capture just right or just so like, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, that, that yeah. wouldn't be done like that. Or that's not exactly the way that is. Or that's phrased slightly wrong. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, no it's a hard thing to explain pigeon racing. It's like the, you could we, we figured out somewhere along the edit that you could you could make a whole film about how the how pigeon racing works because it's just it's so it's there's so many intricacies to it so we're just like okay we need to find the most succinct way possible of allowing the audience to kind of roll with it because it's like you know you're gonna have more questions after it but um but there's probably enough information to get you through it <laughs> without boring you a lot of the a lot of the pigeon kind of details are, are kind of quite uh technical yeah <laughs> and <laughs> would like so going forward would you do certain things before you pick a subject matter again would you like to take a break and go kind of back into like more kind of classic sports sports or like mm. would you love to go back into something so niche because again like the characters are wild what's your like what what's your kind of feeling coming out of this as I'd, I'd like a break from this world now I'd like to you know, jump straight into something else or like that. I'd like to follow, follow a more simple narrative or yeah. a taste for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I like I probably a bit of both because I mean, um, you know, uh, it's like I was saying about how long something takes to get made. If you have like an original concept, which is a little bit of a harder sell or, um, you know, just needs more convincing, it, it it's going to take a longer time to make. Um, so I want to continue making films that are, uh, you know, hopefully nice and original um, and, you know, keep challenging myself and improving and just trying to tell stories in different ways. Um, but, but I also, you know, like I'm doing one on, um, I mean, this, this kind of came to me, but it was, it's on a, 
uh, I, I don't know if you uh, remember him, but uh, Jonah Lomu, who's who's a who's a uh, superstar rugby player from the nineteen nineties. Uh, he's he's passed away now, but um, he's one of the best rugby players ever, and uh, I'll be doing a film on him. But but he was like a hero of mine growing up, so it's just this like natural connection into like something I'd, I I I had to do. But you know sometimes um you know he, he, people might get in contact to ask about certain celebrities that they might want to film and um yeah you know I, I i i kind of i have to i have to have to kind of have a connection in some way or to like the world or to know about them um i think in order to do it uh i don't just want to you know do any old <laughs> person um so yeah just 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 basically um you know as long as i'm kind of growing as as a filmmaker then I'm I'm kind of I'm happy. Thank you so much for chatting with us. It's uh it was it was a beautiful insight. It was just so dramatic. Who knew? Who knew about <laughs> the pigeon world? Um but yeah no thank you so much for chatting with us. It was it was a great watch and I'd say plenty of people will be very entertained and plenty of people will probably have a little bit more insight as to why their dad or uncle are pigeon mad. <laughs> yeah I hope so. Uh, I hope it explains a few things um no thanks so much for for having me and um yeah uh hopefully uh people will get to see it um in cinemas now um uh, at the end of this week so yeah thanks so much